0: Hello and welcome to People in the Know. I'm Ken Root. Iowa is an agricultural state. There are lots of other pursuits, but the rich soil and large acreage make this the second most productive agricultural state in the country. If you want to brag about Iowa's farming prowess or just learn about the latest survey of its farms and farmers, you're in the right place. People in the Know is sponsored by Concept by Iowa Hearing. We are committed to helping you hear better. Visit iowahearing.com or call 877-955-4020 for a free hearing screening. The 2022 Census of Agriculture has just been released. It's conducted every five years by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Agricultural Statistics Service, or NAS, not the Census Bureau. The state statistician for Iowa is Greg Taysen, and he's my guest. Greg has held this job for almost 20 years, about the same length of time that I've called Iowa home. Greg, welcome to this radio program and podcast. Weather-wise, it's been an unusual winter so far. Yeah, uh, it's great to talk to you, Ken. It is
1: quite unusual. I'm watching it snow right now uh, after, you know, a couple weeks of above normal temperatures. So, uh, yeah, you never know what's going to come at you.
0: Greg, you just uh, have come out, USDA, uh, with the agricultural census, which uh, gives a snapshot of agriculture. And this is... This is done by USDA, is that correct, NAS? It's not done by the Census Service.
1: That's right. Uh we do the Census of Agriculture uh at NAS within USDA. Uh this is the 6th uh iteration of the census that we've conducted at NAS. Prior to 1997 it was done through the Department of Commerce. You know, those are the folks that do the decennial population census. Uh, But in 1997, the authority to do the Census of Agriculture was transferred to USDA, and we've done it since that time.
0: Now, for this census, a lot of people are wanting to know the change, um, up or down, in some major measuring components of agriculture. One would be the number of farms, another would be the size of farms, uh, production techniques, things like that. But I think the first thing I'd like to do is to tell you that the 1974 definition of a farm, to me, is very much out of date. It says that any place from which $1,000 or more of agricultural production are produced and sold would be called a farm. I don't know that it's within your pay grade to change this, but I do question that that is so incredibly low that it would distort the number of total farms in this country, and especially in Iowa.
1: Your definition you quoted is right. Uh, I would add one thing. It's not that they just sold a $1,000, but they normally would have sold. So even someone that maybe didn't sell any agricultural commodities during the census year, even if they had, say, uh, a couple cattle uh, they would still qualify and be counted as a farm because they could they could have sold $1,000 worth of sales. Uh, plus, it includes uh, government payments, so all of the uh, folks that may rent most of their land out, but maybe they still control the land that's in the Conservation Reserve Program, as long as they get over $1,000 in government payments, we also count them as a farm so um the 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 definition is actually in statute uh it's been that definition since nineteen seventy four and you're right uh nas does not have the power to change it. it would be something that Congress would have to change uh and I, I, I believe if I remember correctly uh several years ago uh someone uh in Congress tried to change it, but um You know, that didn't happen because, uh, you know, even in Iowa, we we, at that time, maybe it wasn't a low bar, but they were worried about the comparability. And in some of the smaller states like West Virginia, uh, where their, you know, agriculture isn't, um, uh, farms weren't as big and agriculture maybe not quite as prevalent, that those uh, states would lose representation as far as how many farms they had. But the good thing yeah. is with the census um is that we do provide a lot of detail and you can uh, uh we break the number of farms down by size as far as acreage <clears throat> and value of sales so you can still see uh what type and size of farms are contributing most to the agricultural production
0: There was a uh, humorous comment made by Senator Bob Dole back when he was kind of the czar of agriculture, he said, you know, we've got a law that says you can't have more USDA employees than farmers. So that's why we make it look like there's so many farmers. Uh, that's probably not funny to you, but uh, <laughs> but the number of farms in Iowa and the number of farms across the country um, and the size of these is interesting to me. Uh, going to your um, data it looks like the largest number of farms are between 50 and 179 acres. Is that right? Uh,
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Those uh, account for the largest uh, total farms here in Iowa, Um, and they actually, that size group, increased uh, from the 2017 census here in Iowa sort of uh, in contrast to the overall U.S., where that size group had a large decrease. Um, But again, uh, I would say uh, here in Iowa, if you think about uh, the type of agriculture we have, uh, those aren't the main farms that are uh, producing a lot of the corn and soybeans. It could be that uh, we have a lot of, uh, like I mentioned before, the Conservation Reserve Program um, is a heavily used program. or folks here that have owned land have used that program extensively. And so a lot of those farms could be farms that have, you know, 50 acres of
0: CRP, uh, but they rent the rest of their land out. Well, definitely in what I've seen in agriculture is a uh, a trend toward a smaller number of larger farms and the number of land acres in farming continues to decline. Uh, Other uses, uh, higher valued uses, Uh, what is the situation this year on whether or not the total amount of acres uh, in farms has declined?
1: That is a common theme uh, just about every census. As you mentioned, the land uh used in uh for farming has declined here in Iowa uh for 2022 we came in right at 30 million acres uh, of land in farms that's down 1.9% from 2017 and that that follows pretty closely to what we saw overall uh the US uh total was down 2.2% so uh that was pretty consistent all across the country uh and um but here i would say that in iowa uh we have a larger percentage of our total land base used for agriculture uh compared to the rest of the country uh we utilize about 84% of the land base in iowa um for agriculture where nationwide it's quite a bit less uh at 39% uh so uh you're Correct. The the land base uh, that used, or land and farms, is continuing to decline, um, but that's uh, pretty consistent all across the country.
0: Another question to stay in the same theme, though, what about the number of farms in Iowa, in the country? Many people fear that we're losing our number of farmers. Is that really true?
1: We've talked about the number of farms already. uh, For Iowa... Um, we came out uh, for 2022 with 86,911 farms. Uh, that's pretty consistent with the last two census periods, so it's been relatively stable here in Iowa since 2012. Uh, that's not really the case across the country though. The The uh, number for the U.S. was actually down 7% for the number of farms. But when you talk about the number of farmers, or, as we talk about them in the census, the number of producers that number actually increased quite a bit more here in Iowa, and it actually increased nationwide as well.
0: Tell me though, how you can have smaller number of farms and a larger number of producers uh
1: that's a good question So, in the census, uh we ask uh the number of men and number of women that are involved in the decision making. Uh, on the farm, on the farm that they're reporting for, and so that has changed over time as well. We try to be as consistent as possible from census to census to make it comparable from one time period to the next, but we have changed things somewhat in in regard to the number of producers. Before, I believe it was 2002, we only used to ask uh, for one producer per farm. And get the demographic information for that one producer or one farmer. Uh, it changed uh, slightly after that time, but then in 2017, with the last census, we changed it even further, where we ask how many total men and total women are involved in the decision-making, and then we asked for detailed demographic information for up to four of those folks that they say are involved in their farm. So one farm could have four to five to six, even more producers, uh, but most of them do report just having one or two producers, with a lot of times that second producer being a female, which is most likely the spouse uh, of the uh, of the uh, main person that's farming that land.
0: Well, if it was a larger operation, and certainly we're seeing these, you have two generations that are there on the farm, And that could be two parents, one child and and spouse, or two children and spouse, or other combinations. So that number does bear out to me, but it looks like it would be at the bigger end of the farm. The larger farms, the smaller number of larger farms, would show this more than the smaller farms would.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's, that's true, and it's exactly like you said. A lot of the larger farms have multiple generations. Uh, involved and um, as I mentioned 42 percent of the farms reported just having one producer involved that was down from 46 percent of the farms in 2017 Uh, so uh, the majority 58 percent reported two or more producers but certainly the larger farms do uh, uh, show that they have they
0: are the ones with the multiple producers involved Greg, you know I'm from Oklahoma, and uh, I've been looking for black dirt all my life, and I finally (laughs) moved to Iowa and found it. And I've I've visited through the years. I've been in Iowa almost 20 years now. And people, you know, act like Iowa is the center of the earth. And I don't disagree with that because there is a, a statement of how many Iowa farmers does it take to screw in a light bulb. And the answer is one. He holds it and the world revolves around him. Saying that, though, I find that many people in Iowa think that every place else is just like Iowa. And I'm on record as saying it's absolutely not. The fundamental factors of the Corn Belt of which Iowa to me is the biggest number of acres in a single state of what I call black dirt corn belt. And the rainfall pattern makes it to where that it's disproportionately productive. And I wonder if you might uh, comment on that, because if you look at Texas, you look at Oklahoma, you look at the, some of these states, they've got some numbers as far as total acres in farms that beat Iowa by a huge amount but their productivity pales in comparison.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, uh, I'm from Missouri originally, and, uh, you know, when I moved here, I've been here about 15 years, so not quite as long as you. But, uh, yeah, I, I always heard about the, the dirt up here. Uh, I made some, uh, put in the little fence here, and when I lived in Missouri, you couldn't go down a foot without hitting rock. You can dig down five and ten feet here and you will never hit a rock. So I agree the land is very productive, uh, and your comments were right. There are some other states that have more land and farms than than Iowa does, but uh, there's not very many uh, states that have uh, more productivity, as you mentioned, whether it's uh, in uh, yields for corn and soybeans um or in our livestock operations what i will say in a, a little little bit contradictory would be that um uh, there are you know some of those other states that have a lot more variety uh or diversity in the types of crops uh that they might grow than iowa does but certainly i would agree that uh, yeah iowa is very productive and probably um you know if you look at the value of sales uh, that we we publish in the census, uh, our value of sales uh, at 43.9 billion is the second highest, or we we rank second nationally, uh, just behind you know California that has certainly a lot of diversity in the crops they grow.
0: Well, we can never beat California because they uh, they seem to grow another crop that's uh, extremely valuable and you smoke. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of a running joke with them. They are very productive of high-value crops, no doubt about it. Right. Uh, and the lack of diversity in Iowa, I think, is pretty simple. You just can't make more money on any other seasonal crop than you can on corn and soybeans. Uh, but one other thing about an area like this, and it's not just Iowa, it is that once you have this large volume of a crop, like corn, You can set livestock operations right there, and you don't have any transportation costs. You don't even have any change of ownership if you have a vertically integrated operation. And just having the fact that we produce so much of the raw material, uh, to me, gives us a greater potential for uh, higher value products produced uh, in small acreage, such as hog farms and poultry farms right here in this state so we are multiply productive because of this land uh
1: that yeah i would agree that uh is a real uh plus for for the state to have that uh ability to value add uh using livestock uh or poultry and then uh, also you know being close to facilities to harvest that as well is a benefit. So yeah, I agree with that.
0: My guest is Greg Taysen. He is a state statistician for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. He's based in Des Moines. Let's take a moment to talk with Taylor Parker, president of Concept by Iowa Hearing. Taylor, is there a correlation between an untreated hearing loss and balance or a greater chance of falling in older people?
2: You are very correct in that, Ken. Um, you know, individuals that have even a mild hearing loss, the risk of falling triples. And every ten decibels that your hearing loss wor- hearing loss worsens, it increases your risk by a hundred and forty percent. So a mild untreated loss triples your risk. Every ten decibels, one hundred and forty percent greater for every ten decibels. So by the time you get to a severe or um, you know profound, You're talking, your chances of falling are extremely high. And how that comes into play, you know, we've talked about dementia before and, you know, that it pulls from cognitive, but the other area that your brain pulls resources from to focus on untreated hearing loss is balance and gait. So the ability, you know, you think about, you know, when you get up from a, from a chair, you don't think about getting up. Your brain says, well, I need to get up. You just you get up and go. Individuals that now have the, the, you know, risk of falling, they have to brace themselves. They have to, you know, use support. They actually have to think about getting up from things or, or making that move of, well, I'm going to go from here to here, or, you know, they're out on a walk and having that spatial awareness of who's around them or what's around them. They lose that, that ability to hear that. So they lose that ability. You know, one of the, the, Um, big ones was um, Jack Campbell's grandfather down um, at the bowl game. He was going to step out on the street and he didn't hear his family tell him to not cross the street. And, you know, falls are the leading cause of accidental death in adults over the age of 65. So we're not talking individuals, you know, 80 and 90 years old, which, you know, they do fall in this category because typically they have a hearing loss and they're they're just a little their are and gates a little more off but we're talking the ages 65 and above is something that you know a lot of individuals need to you know uh, understand and you know understand how it all plays into to every you know everyday life
0: thank you taylor schedule your free hearing screening at concept by iowa hearing you could reach them at 877 955 4020 or online at iowahearing.com. Greg, I want to look at uh, another few things, if we can, in the time we have left. And I've always uh, hoped that farmers would take care of the land better than they did in my home state of Oklahoma, which in the 1930s all washed or blew away. And one of the things farmers have shown me that they can do is stop their tillage or decrease their tillage. In your census, would you mind talking about what's uh, being said by farmers and their surveys on the way that they're farming the land?
1: Sure. Uh, We do collect information in that census questionnaire on their tillage practices, whether they planted a cover crop and those sorts of things. um, Farmers here in Iowa uh, use a, a lot of a no-till and reduced tillage practices. Uh, those actually uh, accounted for 78% of the total um, uh, land that was uh, had some type of tillage practice used. So that that uh, 78% uh, obviously a majority of the land using those conservation type practices. Um, which is um, just uh, second behind Kansas in the uh, amount of acres that use those two types of practices. As far as the cover crops go, go, that's uh, sort of a newer uh, thing that farmers have tried over the last five years or so. Um, Just uh, over uh, 1.28 million acres had a cover crop planted. That's up 32% from uh, 2007. So that adoption of that practice is still growing. Um, and again, Iowa had the most uh, acres devoted to a cover crop of all states other than Texas that had 1.55 million acres uh, using cover crops. And then one new question we added uh, for this census was uh, we asked whether farmers use precision ag um practices in their operation. Uh, Almost 28,000 farms said yes they did. That's 32 percent of all farms here in Iowa and that compares to only 12 percent of farms using that type of um, precision technology uh, for the U.S. as a whole. So uh, I'd agree that farmers uh, do try to, you know, they're, they're protecting their resource, they depend on the land uh, and they're trying to take care of it as best they can with the uh, practices that they
0: have available. Let me talk about one other area here, and that is the uh, the number of farmers out there who are really relying on technology. Uh, and they're hooked up to Internet access, which has been denied rural America by the same fact that getting electricity in the 1930s, uh, there were just too many miles of blank space that you had to put towers on or you had to string lines on to be able to get internet access. How are farmers in Iowa doing on being able to have equal internet access, I'll call it, to people in urban areas?
1: In Iowa, about 82% of the farms have internet access. Uh, That's up from 80% uh, that we saw back in 2017. So USDA has been investing heavily in trying to make sure all farms have access to broadband and high-speed Internet. So we saw the increase uh, here. That compares to only 79% across the entire country. And part of the question we asked was uh, what type of uh, access they had to the Internet Um, whether it was mobile or broadband or satellite or even Um, dial-up. Luckily, not many folks have to depend on dial-up anymore, but we uh, saw the largest increase in mobile access. Uh, You know, everybody carries a cell phone, so they probably uh, have access through their cell phone. Uh, That increased from uh, 38% of the farms having access through uh, mobile um, in 2017 up to 62% here in 2022 that have uh, uh, the type of access was from mobile. So, um, so yeah, there's uh, still uh, almost 20% of the farms that don't have access to Internet based on those numbers.
0: Well, I want to go back to this uh, technology adoption in a second, but let's talk about the demographics of farm producers themselves and their average age. Uh, in the state, what is that number now?
1: Yeah, the average age came in for Iowa at fifty seven point six years old um, that 's um less than the u s average of fifty eight point one uh but the interesting thing about the average age that 's always the number that folks like to talk about from the census uh as we've uh, already mentioned the uh the producers involved in the aging of of those involved in agriculture, but for this census uh, that average age only went up uh, two-tenths of a year. If you look back uh, to the difference uh, of the censuses before that, from uh, 2012 to 2017 the average age went up 1.8 years between that time and between 2007 and 2012 it went up 1.1 years. So, Uh, Farmers are still getting older, as you might expect, but it seems like uh, they're aging at a slower pace, if that makes sense.
0: Well, if you are a person listening to this and you think, gee, I'd just like to start farming, for you to buy 160 acres, which is a standard quarter section of land, would run you for cropland a couple of million dollars or more, not counting what you'd have to invest in farming it, um, to the point that it, to me, just bars any entry of people because of the profitability is so low, the risk is so high, and the entry cost is so high as well, that we wind up with you know transitions of farms from one generation to the next. Uh, you can inherit it or you can marry it, do you uh, agree with that premise
1: uh yes yeah, really expensive to get into farming i don't have the numbers right in front of me but the census does provide uh a look at what uh, the the value of farmers assets are um and uh as far as the um the value of the land and buildings that it takes to farm um but yeah you know that's what we see and one of the the things that we uh, published as part of the census was new and beginning producers. The number of those uh, folks that are considered newer beginning producers, and that's any producer that had 10 years or less on any farm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they went out and bought a farm themselves, but they're involved in a farm and they have 10 years or less of experience getting back to that multi-generation thing that we talked about, uh, and uh, the the surprising thing about that this time that we saw was in Iowa, uh, the number of new and beginning producers was up 32 percent from what it was in 2017. Uh, again, uh, a, a higher uh, increase than we saw nationally at only 11 percent. So uh, I think you're right that uh, it's not necessarily easy to get into farming, but there are folks that are still doing that. But furthermore, uh, there are a lot of these multi-generation farms where they might bring in, um, you know, a younger generation, and a lot of times it seems like those farms, uh, those newer generations are involved in some livestock enterprise uh, on that farm.
0: Both of us have a lot of years of experience of watching agriculture, and uh, I draw conclusions and then verbalize them, and you... (laughs) draw your conclusions from what the farmers tell you or other data that you can compile. But I do find an interesting thing about farmers is that they are not adverse to technology. In fact, they are looking for technology. But because they look at for it and if it works for them and they adopt it, it seems that that moves them to being a larger farm because they're replacing labor with capital and they are looking for any technology that will make them more efficient. To me, most of the technologies they adopt are not size neutral. They allow the farms to become larger utilizing that technology. So to me, the trend will be toward the true agricultural production units, that they will become fewer and larger in size. How do you see that?
1: I would agree with that. Uh, you know, when they adopt the new technology, they're trying to spread the cost of that technology over the largest number of acres they can uh, to, to be the most cost efficient as they can. And so, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we break down those number of farms uh, by size. And so the, the size group that has 2,000 or more acres uh, actually did go up. Uh, from uh, 1.89, well, that's about 1,890 farms of that size in 2017, uh, to 2,340 farms uh, in 2022. So uh, those larger farms are getting larger, although I will say the interesting thing that I saw in the data was that uh, I would consider those 2,000-plus acre farms very large farms, the large size group which i would say are from 500 to 2000 acres uh the number of farms there actually decreased but it could be like you mentioned that they could have been in that lower category in 2017 and they adopted some new technology which allowed them to get over 2000 acres by 2022 and so they ended in that ended up in that category uh as they filled out the form uh for for this census
0: Well, I think that was a pretty good pulse of American agriculture coming from the second most productive state in America, uh, from uh, one of the top ag statisticians who uh, can acknowledge what is going on. I really appreciate going through this with you, Greg Taysen. It is fascinating to me uh, the productivity uh, and the capabilities of people in agriculture and the bravery That they have, but that gets into ag policy and crop insurance and other things which are in a different category. So, thanks for what you do every day and especially for analyzing this uh, 2022 Census of Agriculture.
1: All right, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, Ken. And I'd just say, uh, add to that, uh, thanks to all the farmers that uh, completed their census questionnaire uh, to help make uh, this available. We actually ended up with the highest response rate of any state. And so, um, you know, uh, the time that they took to fill out that census form, by the time we aggregate those individual responses, that's what provides this information uh, that's going to be used to help uh, uh, promote agriculture here in Iowa, uh, educate folks, and track trends as we go forward.
0: Greg Payson, State Statistician, U.S. Department of Agriculture in Iowa. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for listening to People in the Know. I'm on the hunt for guests to interview. If you have suggestions, contact me at this email address, kenroot at gmail.com, K-E-N-R-O-O-T at gmail.com. Have a great week.
2: Pray. Study.